So that's what we really feel like the heart of design is. It's partnership, it's empathy, it's not assuming you know things um, and solving the problem. It's really seeing like what does the context ask for? This is our Connect special edition on how COVID-19 is affecting the art world around South Asia. Hello everyone, welcome to our Connect. I'm your host, Annalie. Today we are heading to Manila, the Philippines. As of today, November 2nd, there are a total of 383,113 confirmed cases and 7,238 deaths. In the Philippines, the numbers are still growing over 2,000 cases day by day. A lot of people nowadays are still suffering from the lockdown or stay-at-home policy around the Philippines. And this week, the Philippines are also suffering from one of the strongest storms, Typhoon Ghani. 2020 has been a really unusual year and people are still having a hot time to get through this period of time. Um, during the pandemic, graphic design has been an important tool to decide public health information and to tackle the pandemic there were a lot of designers and artists joining together to fight against the virus and one of them is Anna Half Design Studio in the Philippines. Today we are very happy to have Petrina Garnard, head of research and development design strategies from Anna Half Design Studio to join us. So let's welcome Petra. Hello Petra. Hi, hi everyone listening. <laughs> Thanks for having hi. me Anneli. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Petra, for joining us. So, uh, Petra, can you tell us a little bit more about Endahab and how's everything going in the Philippines at this moment? Yeah, sure. Um, so, Endahab is a design studio. We started in 2012, and we actually just really started doing, I would say, brand identities. So, you know, like visual identities for um, food and beverage companies, actually. So, their logos, mm. their menus, um, just the everything that you would see inside the restaurant. That's how we had our start. And then eventually, um, we just grew. We got into more industries. So, you know, we do service, corporations, tech, like real estate, so many different industries now. And we've grown into a team of 15. So yeah, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so it's we're still, I would say, um, yeah, a pretty small studio. But I guess this is how we really see ourselves, you know, being a tight-knit group that, just does work, that strives to do work that we can really be proud of and continue to push what we do. Yeah. So how's everything going or how's your everyday life going now in the Philippines? Well, um, as you know, you know, we're in the longest lockdown in the world, yeah. right? <laughs> so, I mean, you, your, your intro perfectly explained how things are going, you know. I think definitely the situation in the Philippines when it comes to COVID, I don't think the administration has handled it, you know, at all properly. So I would say that mm. people have kind of been fending for themselves, you know, different communities coming up with different ways to, to yeah. protect each other and their families. And I think that goes the same for the, the businesses and the different um, companies within the Philippines. Like re- we're just really trying to find a way to adapt and survive um, <laughs> together with each other. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the Filipino government has imposed restrictions on lockdown, and it's one of the longest lockdowns, yeah. I think, around the world. And since March, and starting from Luzon and several other regions, are uh, on the lockdown for a long time, especially Metro Manila, I believe. 
Yes. And I, I heard that the lockdown was even extended until the end of October. So a lot of people like you, I believe, had to work from home. So uh, I'm curious about how you are personally affected by the pandemic and also how NHSDU was affected. Yeah, so I think, um, honestly, personally, I think it's really a lot of, I'm really thankful for, I guess, having the privilege to be able to work from home, still have my job, still be with my family and be able yeah. to, you know, like still eat three meals a day. So um, honestly, it's been, it's, it's, I'm way better off than I guess the, the general, the general people who are really struggling because a lot of, you know, um, jobs, a lot of people had to be laid off, you know, a lot of industries yeah. took a huge hit. And I guess that's directly um, related to how the studio is doing. Because I think as a service provider, right, we provide um, design services, like, during the, the starting um, months of the quarantine, definitely all of the resources other companies had, our potential clients, they all went to emergency funds. So we actually didn't have like a lot of inquiries during that time. And it was we were really trying to figure out a way, you know, for us to to manage the studio within the crisis. So I think mm-hmm. like definitely the things that we'll talk about later, like the initiatives that we started, it was a I think it was catapulted by the, the quarantine actually and, and the pandemic because we, we had to think of things to do. Yeah. So like you said, you have to think a lot of things to do. And re- in response to the pandemic, and I have, have been very active on using design as a way of social change to tackle these social issues during the co- pandemic. So what kind of issues do you most pay attention to and um, why do you choose these issues to like first start it? Um, so... Well, I mean, I, I hope that we're able to <laughs> push for social design. I think that's our ultimate aspiration. And yeah. honestly, it's something that we're just trying out now. Um, I mean, we've been trying it through small different efforts, you know, doing some pro bono work, doing different um, partnerships along the the past um, few years. But I think it's really now where we've decided to commit like a full arm in our studio to social design and just really explore the impact we can do there. Um, I think the things that we started because of the um, pandemic were definitely issues surrounding um, like information and awareness. So mm-hmm. um, one project that we did, which was directly a response to the crisis, was Help From Home. So yes. Help From Home is essentially a, a website and a tool that is collating all of these different relief efforts and initiatives and allowing people to view them in a filtered way so if you want to look for a specific area and the different um, ways to donate there then you can use the website and navigate it in a user-friendly way so that it can help you figure out where you can channel um, your resources because I think at that time so many people wanted to help but then there's just this overload of information and we felt that hey maybe design can help there so we were able to partner with different people also um and it was really a partnership. Like that's one thing I realized, um, or we realized as a studio, we couldn't do it alone. So we provided the website, but we had this whole volunteer group who did the calling um, of, of to find out the needs of these different barangays, and they also tapped these different initiatives and communities to get their data. And we all put it together on the website. So it was really more of us being able to use design to empower um, the whole effort, which was. We were really happy that we were able to do that. 
Yeah, it, it's been incredible to see like starting from help from from home volunteer group and in March, and you've been partnered up with so many other organizations in the Philippines to help the sectors of the society uh, affected by the pandemic, especially the frontliners and on the pre- privileged families. So I was wondering, how was the feedback? Because you talked about uh, your initiatives uh, in this project. So I was wondering, how was the feedback from uh, these volunteers and designers, also those people who were affected? Um, well, I think for Help From Home, the feedback was actually pretty strong when we when we launched it. I guess because yeah. it was really it was really needed at the time. Like it was very critical because it was the first few starting days of the few, first few starting months of the pandemic. So yeah. we got a lot of traction. I think a lot of um, different organizations wanted to go on our platform and we got to reach a lot of people. Um, I think what was interesting though was that as the pandemic and the lockdown stretched on like to, you know, all of these uh, to additional months, which we didn't anticipate, like we experienced, I would say, um, a, more of a, a question of how we could sustain the effort of help from home. Because we were thinking like, you know, this is all volunteer basis, it's all volunteer run. So there's also a point, I think it was um, last month where we decided to put the the effort on hold first because we found that, you know, the situation was stabilizing in a way that people have already familiarized themselves, the database is running and um, maybe it can work that way. Because there's also this aspect of managing volunteer fatigue which is, you know, something that is interesting when it comes to thinking about the sustainability of initiatives. So that was just something that we we realized too. You know, when you start an initiative, it's you also have to think about the end. You also have to think about how it can move forward because I guess unlike a design project, you know, when there's a turn there's an actual turnover and you can give it to your client. These things that yeah. you make, you really have to sustain them. So that's something we learned as well. And we're still trying to figure out, you know, like how can we design these things to make them sustainable? Mm, I see. After that, you initiated more projects. Yes. And that was that. <laughs> fantastic. And I was wondering how this project like impacted your action afterwards. I think it it really inspired us to do more. Um, like what you said, I guess because we, this is the first time that we really told ourselves, you know, we're really going to push this initiative and we're going to, we're going to commit to it because we feel the need. And when we were able to do it and we were able to experience designing with partners, not just, you know, designing for a client, I think that's what really, it it gave us the, the confidence and courage to move forward with the other ideas we had planned. So, I mean, as you know, like we, we, we did Contra COVID, which was an awareness campaign um, mm-hmm. for, I guess, proper hygiene efforts um, to hopefully reduce the 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 um, exposure of people to COVID and equip them. And we also did uh, other efforts which focus more on like learning, like design dialogues and also our event that we held recently, which is social problems are design problems. So yeah, yeah I, you're right. Like I think after Help From Home, which was our first official, I would say like initiative, we really put ourselves in the position during this period to, to do things that were different. Um, I guess the quarantine makes you like you know question. <laughs> it just makes you question yeah. like what what, what you can have I lots do? Of time to question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And things are so different. You know, like it's not like we have the volume of inquiries because people, of course, are you know ch- putting their resources in different in different areas of their company. So because we have this space and time, 
what can we do and how can we make it sustainable also for our business so in a way and a half is kind of shifting in terms of how we see ourselves as a studio we like to call it um and the half 2.0 <laughs> so <laughs> we're trying to find this uh balance this idealistic balance of having of course client projects but also having self-sustaining initiatives that you know can deliver impact but also work as a business so we're really exploring that and we're just trying our best <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think what's incredible about and a half is that it's just not an ordinary design studio it has a strong urge to social change and like what you said on your website you're not afraid of these changes and i feel like it also reflects on the education arm in your team which really distinguishes you from other design studios so for a design studio like you why do you value like education part so much and what kind of changes do you want to achieve oh that's a really um great question i think i think the reason why we value education uh comes from our desire to empower creatives i think it's not that we want to come off that we know everything definitely not we're farthest from you know from saying that we we are the masters or we're like the the only authority we never want to say that i think our approach yeah. is that we just want to empower creatives and we want to empower the community because we feel yeah. like we feel that um maybe people don't have platforms maybe people don't have opportunities to share their perspectives and what we realize is that we just want to bring together the community and give them a platform to share their insights because maybe that will actually help the industry as a whole i think um when you talk about right the the design industry in the philippines definitely it's very young it's still trying to i would say educate people on its value because i think the traditional um, impression is definitely like advertising for example not necessarily design even sometimes i have a hard time explaining um to my relatives what i do <laughs> like, really? like sometimes i just have to say like they ask what is the design yeah they they ask is it close to advertising and i'm like uh, uh it's different <laughs> but i mean it's a creative thing not to hit on advertising but it's just something about like for example building also an equal value and importance to the industry of design and the design practice specifically also graphic design i would say um yeah. so what we really want to do in the education arm is just really advocate um the value of design advocate why design thinking can actually help solve problems and then hopefully this will lead to like an an empowered and inclusive local design community so we just want to be a part as as a community member we just want to take um do our part in helping bringing people together that that's so cool <laughs> so you <laughs> so you mentioned about you you've done several you've started several projects uh, amid the pandemic so one of them is design dialogue at home i think it's really re- relevant to the pandemic nowadays so uh what do you find most memorable while doing this Well um it actually was a direct result the project was a direct result of the pandemic because we were thinking about we were also thinking about what content we could produce under the learning arm and we realized like maybe people at home are are also looking for avenues to be creative and they want to be empowered so that's where this first season um was inspired from so we really thought of different creatives that we wanted to showcase and then they can just talk about the things that they're doing at home which which can maybe encourage other people to do the same activity and 
after that, like after seeing the response of people to it, we realized, hey, maybe there's something else here or something more here we can build on. And we realized that what we loved about Design Dialogues is that it can also be an avenue for Filipino creatives to share their perspective. So for the second season, we were able to tap. We, we focused it on specifically graphic design because that is also our industry. And we thought of making it themed completely on illustration. And this is where we had fun because we could tap like different illustrators. You know, we, we tapped one of our favorite illustrators um, and designers, um, Carla Guro from CDO that's in Mindanao. Um, we tapped him so he was able to speak about um, his experiences and his process. And we were able to tap different illustrators we look up to, like Mika Bakani, Dan Matutina. Um, we also tapped, and then we tapped, oh, Fran. Um, we were able to tap Fran Alvarez, who's a children's book um, illustrator. So what we re- realized we loved about the series is that we could actually show that there's not just one way to illustrate, but there are different perspectives and from different people around the country, and we want to share all of it. So that was really fun. What was challenging, though, was getting, you know, yeah. putting together all of the recordings because they do it at home. We're not shooting it. And we'd have to, like, edit out the fans. You know, we'd have to edit out rain and then in the audio. And that was pretty, that was pretty hard, but at least you're able to pull it off. <laughs> yeah. So did you also share something... Uh, in the, uh, at the design dialogue at home. Oh, well, actually, our season three is coming out next week, which is on typography, and Clara mm-hmm. is going to be speaking. <laughs> oh, so now yeah, one of our designers. And um, yeah, we have and the Half is one of the uh, speakers for season three, along with other mm-hmm. type designers also. Oh, that's cool. So um, uh, when I was studying in the Philippines, I always felt like there's a strong sense of togetherness among mm-hmm. Filipino people. So I was often uh, impressed by how fast Filipino creatives uh, from uh, different kinds of backgrounds and communities. Like, for example, in June, you started, like you mentioned, you started a campaign called Contact COVID, which gathered so many designers and artists to create different graphics or posters to disseminate correct public health information. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about it, this project and what do you think about this uh, power of design? Sure. So it was inspired by, I guess, an understanding that when people were disseminating proper ways to, you know, wash your hands and using terms like social distancing and using examples, we realized that, uh, you know, these are all not contextualized. They're all from, I, I would say, more of a global standpoint, you know, coming from, um, the World Health Organization. So maybe for different communities in the Philippines, they wouldn't understand because it's not in their context. And what we wanted to do was to use art to inspire or like use art to contextualize the situations and experiences of Filipinos with COVID. So um, like I was saying, it was inspired by propaganda art in a way, um, yeah. especially during the war. You know how like it hits so close to home because it's so highly contextualized and it's by artists who live in that place and have those experiences. So we didn't want to just release um, posters by and a half. We wanted it to be posters and informational material by artists who live in their area and are addressing an actual problem in their area. So that was, I, I would say, what we really wanted to push for. And it was super, I guess, exciting for us because at least a lot of people 
wanted to participate in the campaign and they were able to contribute. I guess another thing, though, that happened in the campaign, which we realized, is that as much as we can push for awareness, you know, if if we don't have the support of the government or like, you know, clear LGU, um, you know, support, then it's still going to be hard um, to, to combat the virus. So yeah. it was interesting to see like how we wanted to use design um, definitely to push for awareness and information. But design has to be complemented with a system. Design has to be complemented with policy. And that was another um, interesting wake-up call for us to realize that, you know, design can't save the world, but definitely it can be a catalyst or it can be something that supports and enables. So, yeah. you know, it really, it was humbling for us because we were really excited about the campaign. And I think it, it was helpful. But again, you really have to think about how design fits in the whole scheme of things. Yeah, and outcome was very cool. And uh, one of the new like initiatives takes on the classic story of Bida and Kronta Bida. Yes, like it's a hero versus villain in Tagalog. Mm-hmm. So, uh, why do you like start that with this concept? Um, I think because we wanted to, we wanted to appeal to something that was universally familiar to the Filipino. You know, mm-hmm. across different across different, um, I would say, like, areas in the Philippines or communities in the Philippines. There really is this ingrained idea of vida and contra vida. And I think, like, mm-hmm. as a Filipino, you always want to be the hero. You always want mm-hmm. to protect and save. And, you know, this is this is something that you can see in old Filipino movies. And it, it continues to, till today how we love, you know, hero stories. We love um, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, all of these, all of these characters and we really wanted to what we wanted to say was you can be the vida you can be someone who fights against this virus and i think it was also inspired by that insight um where they were talking about how frontliners are not the health workers per se the frontliners are actually the family you know the the health workers are here to protect of course the community and help us but we should also be vigilant and and protecting ourselves as our family so that no one can get it so that was kind of the inspiration. And in a way, you're right, like it's tapping into our cultural biases or things that are ingrained that can universally appeal. Because I think yeah. if we came up with like a messaging that wasn't um, universal or a messaging that wasn't authentic, then it wouldn't it wouldn't hit us hard. Yeah, 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 definitely. I believe uh, using this like... It's more relevant to the Filipino society as well, so people can really identify with with the campaign or the stories. So, uh, in the like submissions, there are lots of different kind of unique design styles and interpretation of the brief. So, I was wondering which one was your favorite. Oh, that's a hard question because there are so many. <laughs> um, I think my favorite though are definitely the ones that um they turned into like 3D. So for example, like Leroy knew he made a mask out of it. And then so many other people, like they made like, um, they used like recyclable material to turn it into like wearable art. And for me, I wasn't expecting that um, because usually the medium is like graphic, you know, um, 2D print or digital. And it was really nice to just see it live in a 3D space. So that was really cool. Um, People made videos 
people made um like game you know like i think someone had like a a parody of pokemon and then like the Ooh. pokemon <laughs> battle interface and then they put like covid as as um something that you're fighting against that was really cute i really loved how people in their <laughs> So uh, also, aside from the Contra Clovy campaign, just last month, Anna Habs also launched a Zoom dialogue called "Social Problems Are Design Problems,"、mm-hmm. and you invited four practitioners from、uh, different fields to talk about the impact of design in the context of Filipino to- local problems.、Uh, can you share with、uh, what aspect were you looking at, and who have you invited to join the talk? Sure,、uh, that was a really, I guess, like. Close to home talk for us because,、yeah. honestly, like as a studio, we really believe that social problems are design problems. Yeah, and、definitely. right. So for you to tackle a problem, you have you can actually incorporate the design process because the design process is rooted in empathy and understanding、mm. of the community before you even do any kind of solution. So、mm. we really wanted to show. How this thinking can cut across industries and and are actually being applied by the change makers in these different industries. So for the speakers we invited, we invited、um, Jaden Zulueta, who、um, runs Aha Learning Studio.、Um, we invited Tetel Cuevas, who was a doctor to the barrio in Surigal、uh, in Lanuza, which is in Surigal del Sur, I believe,、um, and then. We invited Art Serrano, who owns One Zero Design Co. So he's an architect,、um, and he is basically promoting、um, the conservation of and I guess celebration of heritage buildings. And then we also invited Selena Barmio, who is the founder of Gising Gising, where basically they they distribute.、Um, they found they created like a system of sharing where. If you buy a local a box of local produce, they also send、mm-hmm. that local produce to families in need, and these are all sourced from farmers. So what we actually did was, you know, all of these different issues. Of course, they're tackling so many problems that are existing in the Philippines. But one thing that we really wanted to show in the talk was their thinking process and how they arrive at their solution. And one thing、mm-hmm. that really came out at the end was that the reason why their solutions.、Um, Are impactful, or why they're really passionate about their solutions is that these solutions were all created with the community and by the community. So that's what we really feel like the heart of design is: it's partnership, it's empathy, it's not assuming you know things、um, and solving the problem. It's really seeing like what does the context ask for, what, how can you convey this thing authentically, what are people feeling and saying, and how can we build a solution around it and with it、um, through. Through the insights, so we really wanted to do it in that format, and you know, I was pretty nervous because it was over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've been using like a lot of like Zoom meeting or Zoom talk、yes. with several、uh, other like people in the country or around the world. That's true, but one thing that we we were experimenting on was we also had the call streamed on Facebook Live. And apparently, oh, yeah, yeah. when you do it on Facebook Live, you can actually tweak the layout,、um, which is what broadcasters do. Like they put、um, overlays and they design it. And we realized、yeah. we might as well design it, but then that also involved like a lot of live feedback with、um, our streaming partner. So 
the minute I pinned two people up on the screen, like I had to tell him like, okay, go to this layout. So there was a lot of like live <laughs> back end live chaos that was happening. Yeah. But you, you have to do the producer job yeah. at the back end. <laughs> it was really fun. Um, and I was super nervous about it, but we were really lucky to have great speakers and the Q&A part was really, really fun because a lot of the audience was just asking questions and really dissecting the meaning of um, social design, for example. I was actually uh, in, in the Zoom uh, dialogue oh, as well. Oh, great! <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. So great. I register quite early because I find the topic so interesting and I really wanted to know uh, how's everything going in the Philippines. So were there any points that you find most impressed with in the discussion? Well, honestly, for me, it was the idea that you really have to design with the community. And I really love that, you know, we started this discussion of dissecting social design and dissecting why design thinking seems like it's such a, you know, it seems like it's commodified almost because you have like design thinking workshops. But when you look at, for example, Tetel, who's a doctor to the barrio, her experience, she was saying that she didn't even know she was doing design thinking, but all she oh, was doing. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What she was doing, what she, um, how she described it was systems thinking, which was basically thinking about asking the community, you know, what are the prevalent issues and thinking about how it works in a system, which is actually design. So that was what really stuck to me, how perhaps we're already practicing it, Perhaps as Filipinos, we just have to listen to each other more. We just have to empower the community instead. And especially as designers, empowering the community means designing with them instead of like separate. And oh, yeah. that, that is a challenge, right? Because we're all in our homes right now. But how can you create more, more real and long-lasting connections that can lead to something? Yeah. So uh, I was wondering, also, uh, were there any solutions that you find most applicable to the problems caused by the pandemic in the Philippines? I think definitely one thing that I, I liked was, well, of course, systems thinking, looking at it um, from the point of view of how things all interconnect and how things are actually a macro um, problem. Mm-hmm. But I really did like also what Selena shared regarding the sharing system. I feel like it's about closing loops and connecting actually problems to each other to solve, you know, maybe looking at different problems, how they exist and how people perceive them as different, but figuring out how you can connect them to create a solution. Like I found that to be, to be inspiring because maybe um, farmers dumping their produce on the side of the road, you know, can connect to something like, how families don't have enough to eat and you just have to come up with a system that can work and mm, yeah. maybe not being afraid also of of tapping the community because maybe I think because of how how difficult it is here I think for a lot of families we've really just put ourselves in survival mode where you're just thinking about the survival of your unit but I think it's also a shifting mindset that the, to solve the problems we have today, we have to kind of extend ourselves and think about how our actions can actually benefit another person. 
Yeah, we were talking lots about like social design. This is a question I'm I'm really curious about. What does、uh, social design means to you? Because I feel like、uh, all design can probably be、mm-hmm. uh, social design as well. So I was wondering how would you define the social design? I mean, that's a great question because honestly, like we we technically internally have an arm that's named after social design, but for the longest time we. We're struggling with the name because you're like, is this is <laughs>、yeah. this the name that I mean? Is this the right term?、Yeah. Um, for us, how we define social design is designing with the idea of equity for universal needs.、Um, mm-hmm. I think the reason why we we picked、uh, universal needs is because we feel like these are the things that、um, every person has a right to. For example, like transportation, food, education. These are the issues that. Come across as universal to every、um, community, and the idea of equity, meaning we're trying to design so that everyone can、um, can be uplifted or empowered, or everyone has、um, equal opportunity.、Mm-hmm. So interesting because I guess we're really used to、um, in in our client side in the in the client side of end the half. We're very used to. Designing with a given target market in mind, and we kind of like create the design to fit what is specific to this market. But now with social design, we're trying to create for universal needs, which is tricky, and that's something that we honestly are just exploring right now, and we just really、mm. want to figure out how to do it. <laughs>、uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So, like many other countries, the design community, I believe, are in the Philippines, are enhancing. Digitalization within the organization. So, from your observation, how is Filipino design community adapting to these changes brought by COVID nineteen? Well, I think the Filipino design community, well, at least in terms of、um, maybe our in- industry, I think there really is a level of social, like. Responsibility that has been integrated now into the different studios and the different companies. You can't help it. I think with our situation right now, like yeah, yeah, there、definitely. really is a demand, even maybe with the nature of the job, to do something、um, that's socially responsible and have that angle and aspect. So I think people are becoming more vocal. I think people are trying to do more initiatives. Actually, maybe because the times are so uncertain and things are so open, it is. It has forced us, honestly,、um, even as a studio, to do things out of our comfort zone, because、yeah. we've been dreaming about doing, you know, social design work or initiatives since you know a few years back. But we always hesitate because you know that's opportunity cost for. The design work that we do for our clients, and we have to do that to sustain,、um, obviously, the studio. But I guess now, looking at how uncertain things were, we just said, you know, it's it's time for us to figure out how to be,、um, how to do things a different way. And I guess that's、mm-hmm. that's what I'm seeing also from maybe the other studios in a way that there is an angle of,、um, yeah, there is an angle of questioning. <laughs> And just trying to strive to to be more vocal. And there were a lot of things going on during the pandemic in the Philippines. Like there was like、uh, anti-terror bills and yes, several、yeah. other protests are happening at the same moment. So it's all very chaos, and a lot of things are really ha-、uh, happening and like every day. And every day there's new things <laughs> coming again, again. <laughs> so I believe、uh, this is a word that we often. 
uh, heard about the new normal. So I was wondering how would you define this new normal in the design community in the Philippines or the art scene in in the Philippines? I think yeah, I would say the new normal is is um, it is us having that social angle to to everything that we do. Not necessarily like pushing it down, but I think there is an awareness, um, and there is also like I think um, a call for creatives to act. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the new normal. Is, it's it's such an interesting word because like obviously we've been hearing it so many times, but then like yeah, it's like the new normal is always changing. You know, like the date yeah, of the new definitely. normal. It's just like a status that continues to change because everything is new. Like so. And it's changing um, constantly, like what you said. Like there's something new all the time, especially in the Philippines, where we have to be aware and we have to respond. So we'll see. Like <laughs> we'll see what's happening. <laughs> but I think there is this social awareness that is really um, prevalent. And I think, I mean, if you look at Instagram, I know that there is this um, discourse on how activism has also bloomed on. Um, on Instagram, um, awareness and pushing for like all of these causes through graphic design. So that's very interesting for me. Um, and I think like definitely I've seen it in the Philippines. I've seen how people have used it. So for the industry or for like design for, I mean, design studios in the new normal, I think it's still something we have to see, but there is that kind of like, that's my, just my, my feeling on it. I think another new normal I, I would really like to ask you is that, because uh, you spent uh, the Philippines has one of the uh, like longest yeah. lockdown and quarantine uh, around the world, so you you guys have to stay home to work and uh, for for a long time. How this like work from home uh, normal new normal <laughs> it's been like for you? Like how do you spend your time at home and how do you like manage your everyday things? Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's also lucky that and the half, we work on our computers. I mean, the worst thing is obviously like not being able to connect on the internet and not being able to send files and things like that. But luckily, um, people have, you know, fixed their connections and <laughs> we were able to get through that like for the first um, two months. But yeah, we've been working on our computers. We've been working purely online. Um, and I would say like a regular schedule. It's interesting because maybe in... In Zoom world, you know, you can have so mm. many meetings in a day. So I think oh. at one point I had like seven meetings in one day. Oh, so many. And then I realized like that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But you're just tempted, you know, after one meeting ends, you're like, yeah, I'm not really going anywhere. Let's go to the next meeting. <laughs> so like I feel like there are pros and cons. Um, the cons obviously not being with your, your teammates. <laughs> I guess you call each other teammates. Not being yeah. with um, each other, the culture, of course, of the studio, um, not being able to get like in-person feedback. Um, definitely, I think that that has to, taken a toll on a lot of people, especially, you know, if you... It also gets tiring being in your house and not having separation between work and home. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, but I guess maybe just because I, f- I feel like things are so uncertain. Like, I think... I was kind of like on an adrenaline rush. <laughs> so like, I've, I guess I've gotten used to working purely on Zoom. So for me, I, I'm really lucky again, thankful that um, I can and 
I've just been like really, I guess, like addicted to Zoom, which is not good. I, I don't think, yeah, oh, I don't, really? I don't encourage that. <laughs> it's like the meeting after meeting. Um, yeah, I think to stay sane though, we recently had like um, a launch of our our um, website. So that's where you mm-hmm. saw the video. Um, mm-hmm. And we had like this series called like Lockdown Learnings, which is just highlights on our Instagram. And people mm-hmm. have different learnings through the lockdown. But maybe mine was that, you know, when you're creative, I feel like you can feel time more. Oh, yeah. I think when you're in the same place for, um, you know, you're in the same place and you wake up and it feels like the same thing. You can lose your sense of time and it just feels like super demotivating. But when you produce things or create things, I think you can see progress and that will help. Mm. I guess personally, like I've been trying to do more personal creative projects. Like I've um, taken some photos, just done stuff in the house, been cooking, which I feel like is also creative activity. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are trying new recipes yeah. <laughs> during lockdown. <laughs> there was a banana bread phase, and then like I don't know, yeah. what, I don't know what the baking phase is right now. <laughs> but I think when you can create things, you also feel a sense of accomplishment and progress. So that yeah. has been um, something that has helped me, especially with together. Yeah. So uh, another questions I would like to ask because we are near the end of this uh, interview. So how do you see the role of designer during such tough times? I would say the road of design or like the call for designers is to really design with empathy. Um, Mm. For me, I feel like, and to champion um, the value of design. I think maybe it's something that we don't want to push for or like, or are, I don't know, like very quiet about on like for the past few years and a half has been, you know, we're, we're admittedly like as a studio, very introverted. So we don't really like to talk about ourselves, but I think mm-hmm. now is the time to really push for design, to push for designers to be involved in the conversation, to be part of the solution making process, you know, like simply um, the idea of putting barriers on EDSA, like, um, you know, if, uh, if a urban planner was involved or like uh, an urban designer, maybe oh, or product yeah. designer, maybe we could have found a more um, efficient way to go about those things. Uh, so I feel like I think designers, aside from designing with empathy and obviously being in touch with the community, there is also a call to think about how we can design for the problems that our country is facing. <laughs> I just guess because like, I think it's, it's getting to a point where people are just really frustrated and yeah. you know, we just have to, we have to see how we can think differently. I mean, obviously there are so many problems and it's super overwhelming. And I think if you think about how entangled the web of problems are, we'll probably just drown in that and be overwhelmed. But maybe if we can tackle it one community at a time, one small thing at a time, it'll, it'll, it'll amount to something. So I think that is the call for design in the Philippines, like how to design in a Philippine setting, how to use Filipino values to design and how to involve ourselves in the conversation and demand more maybe. So mm. yeah, I, I, or maybe that's just like my headspace right now because <laughs> we're so frustrated, like, you know, come on, what's happening? But, but I think um, design thinking as 
in its truest form is really powerful. And I feel like yeah. it can help shift mindsets. Um, so that's really what we want to push for in Champion. So last questions for you, uh, Pedro. Uh, what would you like to do first after this <laughs> pandemic is over? <laughs> what would I like to do first? Oh, man, that's really hard. I think go somewhere with nature, like go to the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that would be <laughs> Like when I step out of my house and I get the feel the fresh air it actually makes a difference and i took that for granted so i would really love to go to some place with nature and just chill there and like i don't know sleep outside (laughs) you know like connect with nature and just and be be more grateful for the things that we took for granted yeah thank you petra to join us today uh this has been a very like uh fruitful discussion with you and Uh, I think from uh, from your talk, and we can really feel that uh, design is not just about designing some beautiful posters or like beautiful products. Design has a very powerful way to change the society, and it's possible. And design can also shift our mindset towards the imagination of a society. So uh, thank you, Petra, for joining us today. Thank you. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Anne. Really happy to have talked to you. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, I'm Ipei. And I'm Emily. Thanks for listening to Our Connect. Subscribe to Our Connect on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Stay connected with us next time and stay well.